I didn't really find any alternative to NACD at the, at the public company level. That's kind of the gold standard. Welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast, recorded under the big blue skies of Texas, where one CISO explores the cybersecurity landscape with the help of friends and experts. Here's your host, Alan Alford, President and CISO at Alan Alford Consulting. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast. That's Pat Benoit. He has been on the show more than once before. Uh, Pat is a DFW local. He is currently the CISO at Brinks. Uh, what is the what is the byline there? Guns, guards, and money? <laughs> Got guns, guards, and money. That's guns, guards, and money. So Pat's CISO at Brinks, and um, Pat's a great, great, great guest on this show. He's always welcome back anytime he wants to come back. But I happened to spot a LinkedIn post of his this week, and he mentioned that he got his NACD uh, directorship certification. And I got super excited to see this because this is something I have always wanted to do myself, uh, have talked about doing, never gotten around to doing. Uh, I don't know that I know anybody who um, went through the process. I know a couple of folks who have them, but not not somebody who just recently did it. Like Pat literally just posted this, and I thought, get on the show now before you forget, and let's just share the whole story. So I guess, Pat, my first question for you, and by the way, thank you for coming back to the ranch. Always my pleasure. Thank you, sir. First question for you is, what the heck was the motivation? Why did you decide to tackle this? So, I mean, there's several. There's there's personal and, and professional, but, you know, from a personal point of view, I looked at it and said, you know, um, what do you do after your CISO? So, you know, you could you could go take the dark side route and go be CIO and different things like that, depending on what your experience and skill set was. Um, uh, or you can go be consulting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, I wanted something that kind of stretched me a little bit further and went more into the business side of the house. Uh, I didn't see an easy route to go be a COO or, you know, maybe a CEO at a smaller company, but no real route there. So I thought, well, you know, board of directors is, is really where... Um, you know, the, in terms of governance and, and risk assessment, and oversight and audit, that's, that's where it meets the road. Um, and especially with SEC rulings continuing to evolve, um, I think there's going to continue to be a demand for business people, business leaders that have a, a sufficient background in cybersecurity to be able to translate and help, help with that oversight. So, so that was kind of, that all came together. And I said, you know what? I think it would be uh, interesting and useful of service to be able to serve on some boards and, and help make that a reality. I love that. I love that. And and I've got friends who are on boards uh, who have lamented the lack of cyber expertise on those boards. Uh, and I've got plenty of friends in cyber who talk about one day I'm going to be on a board. And I think this certific- certification, this particular one, um, is is a really good step on that journey. Um, just out of curiosity, did you evaluate other alternatives? Did you look at other certifications? Did you look at other methods besides getting certified? Like once you decided being on a board is a great goal, what made you choose this versus all the other options? So I have found in, in just in my career in general that there are, you know, there are two ways in general that you get to a role that you want. Um, you know, what is you have to show experience and you step your way through the process over years and years and years and become a CISO. Another way is you, in my case, uh, in 2015, I'd been in technology for a hundred years and, and 
And I said, well, security is really an area I want to focus in. I've managed, I've owned security as part of my remit for years and years, but let me go focus in it. So how do you do that when you're that far along in the career? You study, learn, take classes, and you certify to show that you have that level of, of understanding. Because I had all the experience in broad terms, but not in specific. And so this was kind of the same thing. Uh, I started out several years ago with the uh, Private Directors Association, PDA. Um, a shout out to Larry King in the DFW area. He's, he's the one that helped make that happen. Uh, they have a private governance program, and you can get a certificate in private company governance. Uh, and I did that. I was part of uh, an original, I think it was like the first class that they did a couple of years ago. And that was, you know, again, interesting and I learned a lot of stuff. Uh, but uh, that I, uh, I didn't really find any alternative to NACD at the, at the public company level. That's kind of the gold standard. And so um, I came across uh, actually last year, uh, they had a, a, what's called an accelerate program where they bundled two years worth of membership because by the way, membership's not inexpensive. Uh, a, a lot of times the companies will pay for their board members to be members of NACD. And so, uh, but they had a program called Accelerate that bundled two years worth of subscription membership. Plus you got, uh, it's about a 40 hour video course session online that you can take for the NACD certification. You have access to all their resources for two years. They have a, a study guide that you get and you can go through. And then they have a, a study sessions that you can attend. You can sign up for and oh, attend. Nice. And then they have a practice test through Pearson View. Pearson View is who executes the test for it. And Pearson View has a practice test for NACDDC that if you're a member, you can take a practice test. So I used to be a BISO at Pearson way back in the day. So I know, I know those fellas well. Um, okay, cool. So lots of valuable resources available, not just, not just here's the material, here's the test, good luck, Godspeed, but, but sessions available. And I assume the sessions is kind of a cohort kind of thing. It, it, it is. And so, you know, the interesting thing about, and, and this is no secret, so I'm not, I'm not letting anything out per se, is that the test is really uh, broken down into two parts, much like I don't know if anybody's taken an ITIL test or I'm trying to think of another one that really does this and I can't think of one, but there's the multiple choice and then there's the scenario based. And so, you know, for sure, somebody like me that happens to be blessed with, with, you know, really good memory, good, good, I, I can take multiple choice tests all day long and, and, you know, it's not that, that big a deal because I just kind of know and memorize the material. The killer for me, though, and I think for a lot of people, is when you get into these scenario-based, so just think about what a scenario might look like for a year. You're sitting on a board, and they're trying to simulate what you would do if you were on the board. Okay, well, this is what's going on in the company. Here's, here's the question. Here's five or six or seven different potential answers. Which one do you want to pick? Pick all the ones that are right. And, oh, by the way, you get credit if you get it right. You get nothing if you don't get the right one and you get taken away if you get a wrong one. Oh, wow. So it should go any way, you know, and, and basically the test is set up so that you just have to achieve a certain total score out of the total possible in any way, shape or form 
to to certify. Okay, so so real world time, what did what did all this take you? Like, you started this X months ago, and you spent a few hours a week. Like, Technic- like- yeah, technically, I started like last March or okay, so. so. Almost a full I year. I did. Yeah, I did the forty hours of video training first, and then I read the book once. Um, you know, went through the study guide, went through the study session, and um, and then I. I actually took the test once before and didn't get through it. And partly the reason I didn't get through it is because it's my own fault, my own nature. You know, I'm used to taking tests and I'll go in. I, I took the CISSP test in 50 minutes. And and so I walked in there and went, yep, that, 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 that. Well, that doesn't work on those scenario questions. And so I think I was uh, 20 points short of I think 500 or whatever their number was, the magic number was. So then it's like, okay, now I have to deal with, uh, you know, the setback, the failure, the why, you know, man, I'm smarter than that. Why, you know, I've never had, I've never failed a test in my life, you know, ever. And so uh, how do you do that? And and so then I went back and reread the book again. Uh, by then they had released the practice test, took the practice test three or four times, um, and then right before, uh, in January, uh, since I took the test a week or so ago, two weeks ago, I, I did a final reread of the book, a 192 page book. So reread it again and walked through the outline, you know, in an outline form to, to say, okay, well, this is how it's broken down. Here's the four primary areas and just kind of whittled it down, whittled it down, whittled it down, and then just took the practice test again. Um, and then went in there kind of, you know, knowing that I should be able to get through it, but, you know, I didn't get through it once. And so it's kind of a crapshoot at that point, but fortunately I did. So. Right on. Now, now you mentioned CISSP and I'm also thinking of ISACA and some of these others. Is this one, one that every few years you have to re-up or you have to like, do you have to retest, recertify? Like, how does that all work? You have to do, uh, you have to do. I say I, I want to say they call them CDUs. In some like cases, we call them PDUs, you know, CDUs, CBEs, whatever. Yeah, CBEs, whatever we call them. Yes, there is a there is a recertification cycle requirement. I think this one, uh, mine's good till I think it's two years, so it's good till end of twenty six or something like that. So you, you get your yeah you have to gather your credits every year for those two years, and then at the two year mark retest as well. Correct. Correct. Well, I don't know if you, I don't know if you have to retest or not. I didn't see, I, you just have to get the, the continuing Keep education. Keep the credits going. Yeah. CISM, if I recall, was like every three years they forced you to retest as well. I can't remember now. I, I, I nursed mine along with credits and at some point it expired and I walked away from it. Yeah, no, I have, I have the CC, so CISSB, CISM, C-RISC, and, and they're all, they're all CEUs every three years. Nothing, nothing, yeah, DMP, I feel expert, nothing has made me retest yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's good to know. I think I, I must have just been. I quit doing my CPEs on my SISM then. Uh, pro pro tip for the crowd: hosting your own podcast. It's all all the CPEs you need for Isaka. Because I have to research every show and and look at the stuff. Then I talk to the guest and learn. And I yeah, that all counts. The hour of research, the hour of recording, it all counts. Well, there's another pro tip too. Every other test that you take, you get to count that as credit towards. Oh, sort of, you, of you know, so, so like if you, if you have CISSP and you go take a CISM, 
that CISM counts as time towards your CEUs for your CISSP. That's awesome. And then your CISSP counts towards your CISM, and you just you just go in a big circle. If you just take tests all day, all the time, you never have to pay for anything more than all the tests. Yeah. Well, you still got to pay for it. <laughs> they still you got to pay no matter what. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay, so we've covered the real world, what it took. We've covered the why. We've covered a little bit about the about. Um, have you, you know, now that it's all said and done, like what's different about, about Pat Benoit now? Like what's, you know what I'm saying? Like you did it. You've got it. Let's pause right there for a brief word from our sponsor. Alan Offord here, folks, to tell you that Alan Offord Consulting is now Alford and Adams Consulting. Jay Adams has come on board as a partner, and we are expanding our services as well. Jay is a CISO and veteran security architect of some of the biggest cloud environments you have ever and never heard of. Jay and I are offering fractional CISO, virtual CISO, and interim CISO services to mid-market and enterprise, as well as general strategic cybersecurity consulting. We are so new that we don't even have a website yet. Stay tuned for that. For now, y'all can find us at allenalford.com. That's A-L-L-A-N. A-L-F-O-R-D dot com. Y'all be good now. Other than the relief that I, I overcame, uh, you know, prior failure, right? <laughs> Other than that, um, I, you know, I don't know that it feels different. Um, the intent was we all look for ways to kind of uh, make ourselves known for whatever the next thing we're trying to do is. You know, we're trying to get noticed. And my hope is that now that in NACD, they actually have a facility where you can uh, put your uh, board bi your board bio and resume and stuff out there. And it, it then exposes you to, it's like a recruiting kind of thing. So it exposes you to potential board positions. I have not had that turned on in the last year because I said, well, to, I think it, the, the odds will go up if I have the certification already. Right. right. Yeah, that's smart. That's just my thought. It yeah. may not be right, but that's just what I thought. And so I'm just getting that turned on, and we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you know? we'll see, what, see. see what comes of it. That's nice. That's nice. I had one friend years ago, and I have no idea how meaningful this piece of advice was or not, but uh, she told me, uh, multi-times board member, she told me if you're not an SVP at a big company, it doesn't matter if you get your cert, you still ain't going to make the board. Like, like it's, it's almost like SVP, you have to rise to that level and have your cert. And then you'll get your board position. I don't know how true that is or not. Um, and that'll be interesting to see because, you know, we're, uh, as he says, we're kind of in an odd position in that we're carrying that C. And, you know, you can argue whether it's real C or not. Um, and, and so, um, you know, some CISOs probably are VPs. Some CISOs may be SVPs. Some CISOs may be senior directors. I don't know. So as they start to want to bring CISOs on, the pool of SVPs may be much, much smaller. I've, I've got a few good CISO friends who are SVPs, but a few. And I've got a few good CISO friends who are senior directors, but a few. And the vast majority are VPs. Yeah, um, I, I think that's I mean, true. I would say like like 80% are VPs and then 10 and 10 for the, uh, you know, for the SVP and the senior director, that's probably about the breakdown. Well, on. and that whole SVP thing kind of gets a little wonky too. Cause you know, if you go to a financial institution, everybody's a VP. And, and, and so a, a director is a VP and uh, you know, senior director or what we would call a VP is an SVP. So is that real? I don't know. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. Okay. So you're going to be, you're going to be on that, 
sort of the advertising market now, your your profile and your look at me, I'm certified and here's my experience and here's what I've done. Um, what about for the future? What do you think is is the next logical step for you if you're gonna if you're gonna keep working towards this board thing? Is there other stuff you're gonna do in addition to, hey, now I'm certified? Um, from the board point of view, I think at, at this point, you know, so what I've heard after this is that once you get your first board role, it becomes significant. It's, it's just a lot like being a CISO, I imagine. Once you get the title once, you get the role once, it's much more probable that you'll have opportunities to have it again. So, um, you know, it's gotta, I gotta, I, I just gotta find that first role that fits, um, Frankly, I'm a little bit zen about it because, you know, the, the universe will bring it when it's ready. So, right on, you know. right on. But you're prepared now. You're educated and you're trained and you're certified and you're good to go. When it lands in your lap, you're ready for it. Yeah. The biggest thing about the whole, it, it, the mindset difference is so great from board to management. And what I mean by that is one of the sayings that they use a lot is nose in, hands off. So the, the idea there is it's, it's an, a board is an oversight role. So it would not be normal or, or really, if you look at pure practice for a board member to say, you know, CEO, go fire this person because that's too hands on. Now that varies, you know, private companies that have family members that are part of the board, yada, 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 but. But in a public company, that would be a very unusual thing because it's too hands in. It's got too much of their fingerprints on it. So that mindset of, I want to pick the things I need to do to help guide and inform and advise the strategy, governance, risk oversight, audit oversight, uh, you know, is different than manage it. Yeah. Govern, not manage. So, what are what are the other big takeaways? Obviously, I mean that that's a great that's a great little nugget right there. You get, you must have pockets full of these by now. Yeah, I mean it, it, the thing that was interesting to me is if you've never if you've ever wondered uh, how the whole process of uh, like uh, a CEO selection, compensation packages, things like that work, it, it, this this class is a good view of that. It's a very good view of it. Um, the other thing, so, so a pro tip is if you want to understand compensation for the, for the named executive officers, NEOs at any large company, go pull their filings, their SEC filings, because one of the things in there in the compensation discussion and analysis, and it literally will take the named executive officers, usually CEOs, DFOs, DO, et cetera, like that. And it will lay out their compensation package for you. If you want to understand what that looks like, that that's how you do that. Then this kind of class helps you understand. For for example, if you look at, say, directors, senior directors, vice presidents, their compensation is somewhere I don't know. Pick a number that it might be like sixty percentish salary, you know, to a twenty twenty five percent twenty percent bonus annual bonus and 20% uh, long-term incentive or some kind of incentive package. Equity or whatever it might be. 60, 20, 20, round numbers. They're, you know, just making that up. If you start to look at named executives or, or especially a CEO being hired by the board, 
it's going to be almost completely opposite. Uh, a base salary may only be 20%. You know, an annual bonus may only be 20%, and then 60% will be made up with other, other, other things, long-term stuff tied to performance. And then there's stuff tied to, um, not specifically tied to financial performance, but tied to other performances. You know, ESG is, is a very big now, the environmental, social, and governance uh, aspects of things. Huge. And there's lots of measures that they're used at the CEO and the ELT level to, to measure that kind of performance. And so this, this course gives such a good view of you know, that, that, that ELT level of things. And it really makes you think about, um, you know, the, they're thinking about things that are different than what we're thinking about at the next level down. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, as you go through the career arc and you climb the ladder, this is, this is what you learn is every time you, every time you land in the new spot, you start with the perspective you had and you quickly realize this is no longer applicable. This is a whole new world here and a different set of concerns and a different set of rules and a different set of, you know, so of, of, of course it's that way all the way up to the board, right? Um, it makes sense. It's just you've got to learn what are those new rules and what are those new expectations and what are those new, you know, things that won't work anymore. And I, I, I like that nose in, hands off. I like that a lot. That's a great simplification that just kind of nails it for me. Well, sir, um, any other thoughts, anything else for my listeners, anyone, you know, advice for someone considering getting the same certification, what's your floors open? What do you, what do you have on this subject that you want to close out with? Yeah. I, I wish I could give some kind of cool advice about how to bear the brunt of, of the expense. Cause again, it's, it's a pricey thing to go through. And a lot of our certifications are, I mean, you look at like a CC though, and, and, you know, by the time you have all these certifications and you're paying every year to keep them going, you could be in the thousands of dollars a year just to keep the certification. And, and so this is no different in that respect. Um, I mean, NECD was is really, uh, for, for me, it, it appears to be, you know, focused on, of course, board members. And so most board members, that membership at NACD is, is part of the compensation for being on the board. That's a, it's a, it's a company kind of perk or whatever you want. It's not a perk, but it's, it's a company paid thing. Um, so to do it as an individual, if you think about, you know, company's going to pay, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, that, whatever the number is and versus, oh, now I got to pay that myself, you know? So I, I wish I had a tip for that. There isn't one. It's just one of those things that if you think that that's the direction you want to take, you just got to save up your money and bite the bullet and make the investment. And it is truly an investment in yourself. And then you got to make it pay off. Somehow. It's, it's at least a tax write-off. You know, that's business expense, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so yeah. You, at least get, you at least get a little bit back on it. Whatever your marginal tax rate is, yeah. Right, exactly. All right. Well, listen, Pat, Benoit, thank you so much for coming out to chat about this. This is I, I was super excited to learn about this and hear your story. I know my listeners are going to love this, too. Thanks for your return trip to the ranch. Um, anything else for us? No, I mean, always my pleasure. I'm I'm. Uh... I, I'm disappointed I didn't have time to run in and get my hat on so I could wear it while we were doing this. But uh, next time, next time we do a conference, we'll uh, we'll do full on uh, uh, Snyder Ranch uh, attire. Right on. Uh, thank you, Pat. My pleasure. Thank you, listeners. Y'all be good now. <laughs>